Reading from the book of Romans, chapter 3. Romans. Romans, chapter 3, verses 10. Um, I'm hoping that you are. Just trying to find it in my Bible. Okay, Romans chapter 3, verses 10. Everybody there, if you're there, say amen. So, let us pray before we read. Lord Jesus, we, are, we have a portion of scripture here that we are going to read. There are many souls, Lord, that no doubt need what we are going to talk about tonight. Father, I pray that you will take me out of the way. Consecrate me now. For I have waited on you. And I expect you, Lord, that you will come and show up. For I have nothing to say but only what your word says and what you will put on our lips tonight. May you speak and may we be silent. Speak to us, Lord. Let, help us to open our hearts that we will all hear from you. Grant it, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. We are reading Romans chapter 3, verse 10. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. I'd like us to take our seats for now and then we are going to continue reading from verse 21. And I pray that you give me your undivided attention tonight. But now, the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. So he begins by verse 10 where he says, there is none righteous. No, and then he says, but the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. So, according to our own righteousness, there is none righteous. Not one. But the righteousness of God has been manifested. Now, this is the righteousness of God without the law. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon them that believe, for there is no difference. 
For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Katonda gwe ya sawo okubomu tango oroku kilizomu saigwe okula gobutu kilivuwe oroku leke bibi ebiyakuli buangeda katonda ngagumi kiliza okula gobutu kilivuwe mobilobino aliokavere omutu kilivu eranga wobutu kilivu akiliza yesu. So when I'm speaking to evening light, we usually do an hour. I don't want to just be fast and then lose you. So I want you to prepare your mind and move with me. And uh, keep your thoughts together. And even if you are streaming the service, I'm sure that the Lord will minister to your needs. I have labor to hear the mind, to receive the mind of God for the service tonight. And I'm convinced that uh, I do not know how many, but I'm convinced that this will be for someone tonight. So I'm speaking on a subject, false guilt. False guilt. Now, we'll try to rehearse a little bit of what we have read so we can get an, uh, uh, the, the the, the, the picture. Romans 3 verse 10 says that as it is written there is none righteous. No, not one. But now the righteousness of God is without the law is manifested. Now what you understand here is that no one is born righteous. And uh, no one that is born is righteous. Whether or not you have done something bad, you may never have stolen or, or, or told a lie or offended somebody but according to God according to the standard of God brother Sam all of us are born sinful we are actually born in sin the Bible says. so none is righteous tell your neighbor none is righteous tell your neighbor you are not righteous and, and you see if we are to gauge on our own righteousness the scripture says that our righteousness is like filthy rugs 
Our works of righteousness. They are like filthy rocks. Before God. And so there is nothing that you can ever do. That will make you righteous before God. That none of us is going to make it to heaven. Because of our works of righteousness. And so he emphasizes and he says. There is none righteous. No not one. So whenever we talk about us believing in holiness and believing in righteousness, we are not really referring to our own holiness and our own righteousness. We are talking about his righteousness. And this is what you need to attain in your life. Because then he continues on and he says, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. Now, the righteousness of God comes without the law. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God which is by faith. So the righteousness of God comes to you by faith in Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus Christ By faith of Jesus Christ. Unto all and upon all them that believe. So the only thing you need to do to attain his righteousness is believing. Of the glory of God. But you see, he continues on by saying, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have been justified freely. Amen. By his grace through faith. And he says, whom God has set forth to be appropriation through faith in his blood. To declare his righteousness. Why did he shed his blood? Please follow me closely He shed his blood so that he will declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed. I'm speaking on false guilt. Now, if I would want to define guilt, is the fact of having committed a specified or an implied offense or crime. Or a crime. Guilt is a result of having violated a specific rule or law. 
Okulilo msangu kuno kukujira Nga walu wete kari omenye Obali otatu kiliza In other words, if you break a law Katika tukezebo omenye teka Or if you break a rule Obano omenye chila gilo Either by your society Obete kari echa mchalo Or in your community Or the laws of God Obama teka gaka tonda Or the cultural laws Obama teka gobu wangu wabiona Mateka genpisa When you break those laws and rules Omenye mateka gonevi la gilo Then you become guilty So guilt comes out of breaking a law. Now, when we, we, we cross a moral, uh, like I said, a moral or ethical or legal line, we then you become guilty. Guilt is primarily a state or a condition. It is not a feeling. I repeat, it is not a feeling. It, it is a state or a condition. Someone can actually be guilty and not feel that they are guilty. And they don't feel it. They just killed someone and they don't feel that guilty. To me, it's alright. It's not bad. According to them, because they don't feel they're guilty, they think they're safe. Someone can go ahead and, and fornicate and say, I don't feel condemned, I don't feel guilty. Because to him, he does not know the law of God. And, and so someone can actually be guilty and not feel that they are. It is also possible not to be guilty and then feel you are guilty. And, and according to the scripture, we are all guilty before because God. Because God gave his word which is his law in the book of Genesis chapter 2 verse 16 and And the Lord God commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the, in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So now we see here, that after man broke the word or the law of God, so then he knew he was guilty. Because the law or the word of God was previously given to him. So many times people will sin but they do not know they are sinners. Actually a sinner out there is a sinner but they don't actually know or realize they are sinners and they need God or they need salvation. They are guilty but they don't know it. That is because they do not know the word. And that's why we preach the word. Because the word brings condemnation 
condemnation. And when you feel you are guilty, then that guilt transports you into repentance. So man, because he knew he previously had known the word of God or the law of God, the moment he did what God told him not to. He knew he was guilty. And this was the introduction of guilt actually the first time to the human race. Man also got guilt feelings and you know and then he hid himself. And uh, I want you to see now God started right from the beginning to foreshadow justification. Genesis chapter 3 verse 21. Unto Adam and also to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothed them. In Hebrews 9.12, he says, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place. It was by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place. Having obtained eternal redemption for us. So now after man had sinned and man came to a place of guilt he was not only in a place of guilt but he also had guilt feelings. So then man needed redemption. Man needed salvation. And so then what he did, he hid himself. That is what we all do when we sin before God. We hide ourselves away from the presence of God. And this is what I want to deal with this evening. That actually many people when they, they feel they are guilty, you see the devil brings them this sense of guilt that they do not need to be in the presence of God. That they are unworthy. That they don't even, they shouldn't even come before God. You know, sometimes you even feel like I shouldn't even pray. I, 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 I shouldn't even, you know, sing. Because my mouth is unclean, my hands are unclean, my feet. I feel like, oh no, worship is not for me. I can't even sing a special song. I, I can't do anything for the Lord. This is how Adam felt. Adam shunned the presence of God. And together with his wife, they hid themselves. But I want, you to, I want to show you the attitude of God. When God came down, he did not come with the attitude of judgment. He only wanted one thing from Adam and Eve. He only wanted him, Adam, to realize and confess his guilt. You know, God had introduced guilt or sin, rather, had introduced guilt into the human race. You know, sin introduced guilt into the human, into the human race. 
that God can use it as a policeman to bring this man back to God. To bring him from sin back to God. But I want to show you this evening that the devil takes the same something and he wants to use it to take man out of the presence of God. Guilt is not supposed to take us away from God's presence. But it's supposed to take us into the presence of God. Amen. Whereby Adam came and he, he, he confessed, he said, yes, I've done it. God said, have you eaten the fruit? Of the tree that I told you not to eat of. Did God know or he did not know? God knew. But why did he ask? He wanted to hear Adam say. Adam had to say. If you've done something and is condemning you, you have to come before the presence of God and say it. That is called confession. And some confessions are done in public, others are done in private, others are done to individuals, others are done just before you and God. But if you do not do that, then that feeling will make you run away from the presence of God. And so what was the attitude of God? When God came down, he did not begin judging Adam. The moment Adam confessed his sin, the moment Adam confessed his sin, God quickly went and killed a lamb. And he brought coats of skins and closed them. And in Hebrews 9, he says, neither by the blood of goats or the blood of cows, but by his own blood. Now what listen church, what God did in the beginning was only foreshadowing what he would do later thousands of years later. God, listen, why did God kill gods and lambs? Why did he kill God, 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 God to, to remove the skins? He was just showing in the future that I'm going to shed blood. Amen. My own blood in order for you to be redeemed. Adam, as long as you have confessed your sin, I'm going to redeem you by my own blood because your blood is sinful. Your lineage is sinful. But I am a perfect God. I am holy. And I will have a holy generation. That's why the Bible says I am holy. Be holy even as I am holy. Now, there he doesn't talk about your holiness. Oh my, I wish you would see this tonight. He's talking about his holiness. When he says, be ye holy. Even as I am holy. He's not pointing to your holiness. He's not pointing to your righteousness. He's pointing to his holiness. Amen. That's why he said by his own blood. He entered in once into the holy place and having obtained eternal redemption for us. 
Eternal redemption. Amen. If God ever redeemed anyone, He redeemed them eternally. He redeemed them to a point that He can never lose them again. Let me tell you, if I've been redeemed once, I've been redeemed forever. If I've been saved once, I've been saved forever. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. You know, the act of shedding blood of animals and, and, and clothing Adam and Eve was just a shadow. God showed Jesus. what he would do to remove the guilt of sin. Whoever would receive the perfect sacrifice. Amen. Guilt would leave them. And guilt would leave them permanently. And we are the beneficiaries of that blood. In John 1, 12. I'm just trying to lay down some simple but very strong facts of our faith. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. And so when I hear that, I hear that this way. Because I received him, he gave me power to become a son of God. Even to them that believe in his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. God. And, and, and you know, the moment I was born again, I ceased to be a son of my father. All the things that were following my father's lineage were cut off that moment. And then now the things that were following my new father's lineage, amen, I was joined to them from that moment. And so what is my real lineage? Amen, I came from God, I go back to God. I was not born of blood. I was born. I was not born of the will of the flesh. I was not born of the will of my father. But I was born of God. Amen. I was born according to a new covenant. Amen. Now I am joined unto a new blood. His blood vein, his blood, amen, flows through my veins. Why? Because I received him. He gave me power to be become his son. So today, I am a son of God. In John 3.16, he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. Why did he come to the world? He did not come to show us how guilty we are. Because for sure we are guilty. We are guilty in our mind. In our conscience. We are guilty in our body. We are guilty in our words we speak. But for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten 
mother and son that whosoever believes so the only thing you have to do is to believe whosoever believes amen in him should not perish but have eternal life but for he says, for God did not send his son to condemn. Jesus did not come to condemn yes. me. Amen. But he, he came that I might be saved through him. So in other words, the message of the cross. Or even the end time message as we call it. Is not a message of condemnation. It is a message of salvation. It is a message message of hope. It's a, mess, it's a guiltless message. Amen has come to, amen, to declare to us that we are guiltless. Amen. We are no more guilty. We are no more sinful. We are redeemed. We are saved. Now this is not what I said. It's what he said in his word. Just follow me closely. Romans 10.9 That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved. Simple. For with the heart man believes. You may say I believe with your mouth. But that's not what we're talking about. We are so talking about the heart. With the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. This goes for anything that you have done in your life. Amen. If you believe in your heart, having heard the word of God, and you believe that Jesus Christ's blood washes away every sin, after you repent of any sin, the moment you, you, you repent of it, you must believe it in your heart. And you must believe that Amen's blood washes you perfectly. As though you never did it in the first place. And after you confess it, believe that you are washed away from it. Believe that you are saved. Believe that you are clean. So, in other words, it begins by hearing. So from hearing it comes to believing in the heart after believing in the heart then it comes to confessing in the mouth so you said how many believe here that you are saved how did it start you heard with your ears. Amen, I'm saved. You know, when we were telling you, preaching to you the gospel, you accepted it. You believed it. And, and then you said, what can I do? And then they said, be baptized. And in the name of Jesus Christ. And you did it right away. Now, you believe that you are saved. And you tell your heart every no. day, I am a believer. I am saved. I am a believer. I am saved. And now you confess with your mouth. Not only in your heart, you take it from your heart and you confess it. I am a believer. I am a believer. I am saved. I am a believer. You know, you believe it. And because you believe it, the devil cannot rob it away from you. In the same way, 
way if you have ever done something wrong did you know it works like magic it works even more than magic the moment you kneel before God and you say Lord I'm sorry for my sin that very moment the blood of Jesus washes your sins away that very moment you are cleansed and you are set free and you are no longer guilty according to God now he has already done everything to remove the guilt. Our only part is to believe him. And to believe in his finished work. Now I want, I want you to see here the difference between godly guilt and worldly guilt. In the book of 2 Corinthians 7.10. He says for godly sorrow worketh repentance and salvation. The word sorrow there, you can replace it for guilt. To be repented of, to mm. salvation not, okay, for godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation not to be repented of. But the sorrow of the world worketh death. We are in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. Can we give you a moment? Better be fast. I have a little time. Wagamba. Kubanga. Wanubagambi kuna kuwala. Kubango kuna kuwala erika tonda. Kule tokuenenya. Ukwoburoko zi. Now I want to explain this and expound it for you too. Guilt feelings are good when they lead you to repentance. But the devil can also use these feelings to drive you away from God. Worldly guilt has hopelessness. Hopelessness. Condemnation. Disappointment. Disillusionment. You feel you are disappointed in yourself. You feel you are hopeless. Some of you, you look back and see the things you did. And then you begin comparing yourself with others. And you say, me, I'm, I'm, I'm so bad. I'm so bad. I'm so bad. But remember, you repented of those things. And those things are under the blood. It is a sin for you to refer to those sins anymore. Because anything that is under the blood is not be remembered by God. Amen. The moment is confessed and repented and, for and, and so worldly guilt or the guilt of the world it shows you that you are bad and, and nothing you can do to make you good enough it shows you you cannot be accepted even in your mind you say when you look at yourself you feel I'm so bad 
That is nothing good in me. I've done only mistakes in my life. Sometimes you sit down in a corner and you begin judging yourself. Oh, I did this, I did that, I did this, I did that. I can never be redeemed. I'm so bad. I can no longer be good enough. And you find the person that was really so good. But because of this self-condemnation, because of this guilt that they apply upon themselves, they can never break through complexes. They they, they, will just be as if they are beaten by rain. They will no longer feel free to worship God. They will be as though they are bound. You can literally look at a person and see that they have chains around them. Not, not chains placed there by God. Not, not blessed by the world. Not even blessed by the devil. But self applied chains. And this is what I call false guilt. It shows you you are bad and nothing you can do to make you good enough. You know, worldly sorrow or worldly Worldly guilt will make you have a bad attitude toward God. It will make you feel that God is so big and God is so holy. And you are so bad and you are sinner. And God can never forgive you. Even your prayers cannot be heard. What are you praying now? Why are you even going to church? Quit going to church. You are not so good. You are not important. You are sinful. You know, guilt will play with you. And, and will begin to refer to things that you know you did. And you also know you did them. And you tell you, for example, see this and this. How can you even go and begin saying amen? When you know you did this and this. And that's why when you see people seated in church. Cold like ice. They can't even dare say one amen. Many times it's because of this false guilt. The devil is telling them you're not good enough. If God speaks to you, you want to say amen, and the devil tells you, shut up. You cannot say amen because you are a sinner. Because you are so bad. Amen is for the holy ones. But I'm here to tell you that that is called false guilt. And that is not true guilt. That's the devil trying to pervert. Worldly sorrow or guilt clouds your head. It clouds your head and gives you no way back to redemption. You feel you are enclosed. You feel you are overcome by these thoughts of condemnation. But that's not the way God works. When God found Adam, he did not tell him Adam. 
Adam you are sinful. Adam you are so bad. Adam I trusted you. Adam I did this for you. Adam I gave you the whole world. What have you done? No. But what did he do? The moment Adam confessed his wrong. God went to aim into redemption. Redemption is the answer of godly guilt. Praise the name of the Lord. Guilt for the unbeliever. Let me... Let's talk a little bit about the guilt for the unbeliever. Before God. John chapter 3 verse 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not. So you see, it's all about believing. <laughs> what do you believe? What do you believe? What do you believe right now? Do you believe you are saved? Do you believe you are filled with the Holy Ghost? Do you believe you are a child of God? What do you believe? Do you believe you are an overcomer? Do you believe you are walking out of that situation? Do you believe you are going to serve God? Do you believe you are going in the rapture? Do you believe you are filled with the Holy Ghost? Do you be, believe the blood of Jesus? Amen has been applied to you. And all your sins are forgiven. They are forgotten by God. If you believe that, then you will not be condemned. Then in other words, you will not have guilt. But he that believeth not, he that refuses to believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son and this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil many times I've seen unbelieving friends. You know, they came to me and said, Pastor, I want to believe, but, but I'm sorry. Uh, these things are, are so difficult for me. I fear because when I believe, I will not be able to keep up with your standards. And you know, let me tell you, that's the devil speaking to you. Because the Bible says all of us are guilty. We are all born guilty. We come into the world guilty. But what makes us different? Come on, Mother Dixon. What makes us different? There's only one thing that makes us different. That's believing. We have believed the report. We have believed his blood. We have believed that he has washed and cleaned us. We have believed we are more than conquerors. We have believed we are saved and the world is not our portion. But they choose not to believe. They choose to remain a sinner. Even when they are guilty. That guilt is supposed to drive them to God. You see, if you are not a believer, you will experience feelings of guilt. You should, however, let those feelings lead you to Jesus. For Jesus absolves them. These feelings for you are perfectly, you know, these feelings for you are perfectly meant 
to create in you a desire for forgiveness. Amen. You know, Lord, I, I'm, not, I'm not right with you. Lord, instead of saying, oh no, how can I keep up with the standards? Listen, friends, we have no standards here. Our standard is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! Come on, church. Our standard is the word. Our standard is Jesus Christ. Our standard is the blood of Jesus. And the blood of Jesus has washed away every one of our sins. And that is our standard. Amen. And that blood can still atone for any of your sins. Can wash you clean. Thoroughly clean. No matter your desires. No matter your past sins. No matter what you've walked in before. False guilt will tell you. You know, you know yourself you can't overcome that. No, I say you can overcome it. False guilt will tell you. You know your level is here. That is not your level. Let me tell you. Amen. If you have received forgiveness. Amen. In one time in your life. And you know God has forgiven me of my sins. And I'm a believer and I'm a Christian. No matter what was in your past, you drop it and walk away from it majestically as if it really never happened. As if it really never happened. The devil uses our past to, to influence our present by telling us we cannot live better than our past. But Jesus Christ Amen comes And he tells us Because of my blood Amen I don't even remember your past And I'm here To give you a life An expected end When Jesus Christ comes He lifts us on a higher ground On a higher ground Amen whereby he says You are no longer down here on earth You are now in heaven you are now in heavenly places. You are no longer down in sin. You are now in heavenly places. I don't know where you are. But I am in heavenly places. Hey, tell your neighbor I'm in heavenly places. This is where I am. I am in heavenly places. Where all things are possible. Where my sin is no longer remembered. Where the Bible says. They that are born of God. Cannot sin. That is the place where no sin can step in. That is the place where there is perfection. That is the place where there is the bride. Jesus Christ is coming back for a spotless bride. A spotless bride. How can we be spotless in ourselves? We cannot. But when He gives us His holiness, perfection. We walk in a place of total perfection. When he looks at us, amen, he looks through the blood and he sees perfection. Hallelujah. You can praise him and say hallelujah. Glory to God. Romans chapter 5. 
I'll show you what we are. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Justified by faith. Not by our works. Our works were already evil. But we were justified by faith. Because we believe we have been justified. How many believe tonight? Because you believe you've been justified. Hallelujah. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus. That's why a believer Amen. works with stooped shoulders. You have peace with God. You have peace in your heart. You have no worry in your mind. You have no condemnation in your mind. You have no guilt over you. You have peace with Jesus Christ. Romans 8 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation. Tell your neighbor there is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Oh, glory to God. We don't walk according to the flesh. Our flesh has nothing good in it. We are born with all these lusts and the desires of the world and this and that. But let me tell you, when we are in Christ, Amen, the Spirit of God, Amen, puts our flesh under subjection of the power of the Holy Ghost even to the extent that we do not fulfill the lusts of the flesh but we fulfill the, amen, the desire of the Holy Ghost in us and now the Bible says because you are in Christ amen there is no condemnation because you are in Christ amen you have no condemnation no guilt on you you are guiltless this ought to make you shout. This ought to make you say glory, hallelujah. Because there is no condemnation. Hallelujah. If I'm the only one here who has no condemnation, I'll shout it. Because I'm a free man in Christ. Amen. Someone will walk to you and say, Are you not the one who did ABCD? He said, I'm sorry. The address has changed. The address has changed. I am not the one you used to know. I am a different man. I am a different woman. I am guiltless. Are you not the one? No, I am not. <laughs> no, I am not. I am a new man. I am a new creation. Oh, glory Hallelujah. God. Praise God. In the invisible union of the bride of Christ. He says you are standing. Completely justified. This is what I love more. As though. You never did it at the beginning. All the bad stuff you think you've done. And the devil has been using to condemn you. Listen. When you are justified. It means. You never did it in the first place. 
Hallelujah. This is my message to the church now. And this is what our prophet says. His message is a message that you never did in the beginning. If you are standing on God's word and with God's word and, and, and with God's word, every amen, every jot, every title, where, where you are standing. I'm trying to tell you Pull away from them sharks Pull away from them sharks You know many of us Because you did certain things Then now you begin to become friends With people who are still doing them And they want to try to make you like As if you're one of them Pull away from them Get out here in the wheat <laughs> Where you can get right before the sun That's why we come in church That's why we fellowship So we can ripen Under the sun of the sun Hallelujah we are walking in the light. I hear the amen, the coming of the combine. You are standing complete. You are justified. Like you never did it in the first place. What about when we stumble and fall? First John 1.9 if we confess our sins he is, the, is faithful and is just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness let me tell you if you are in Christ all your sins are taken care of are you hearing me Oh, everything is taken care of. Because if, even if when you stumble and fall, amen, if you confess what you have done before him, he has said he is faithful. Faithfulness means you can count on him. <laughs> Faithfulness means he is dependable. I've seen too many people feel uh, guilty to the extent they lose their fire for God because of a little fault, a little failure somewhere. Let me tell you, brother, sister, if you are listening to me tonight, leave your sins for the blood to cover. Be on fire for God. Don't let anything pull you down. Amen. If you, you stumble and fall, amen, confess your sins. He is faithful and is just to give, amen, to forgive our sins. Praise God. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness so that he can make us righteous. So then, what is false guilt? Many believers struggle with false gifts. And that's why we have believers who are not committed to service. They are not committed to God fully because they are feeling guilty. Are you hearing me? 
They're feeling guilty. And when you feel guilty, you cannot dedicate yourself to the service of God. Because then you're feeling unworthy. They are forgiven. And yet they still feel guilty. They are buried in guilt. Guilt is all over them. Spirit, mind, and heart. Even when you sleep, you dream when you are, uh, you know, going, uh, snakes are chasing after you. Because your consciousness is not clean. Your consciousness is filled with guilt. Even when you sleep, you, 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 you are the one who will dream people chasing after you with machetes. You will always be wondering whether you are being bewitched or not. Because you are filled with guilt. And I'm saying that is false guilt. You know, these people, they know that God has forgiven them. But they cannot forgive themselves. Yeah, I know. They will even tell you, I know. I prayed and I've even confessed. And I know my sins are under the blood. I know God has forgiven me. But I can't forgive myself. Despite of their repentance, they continue to beat themselves up. And they actually think by doing that they are humble. But you will actually see shortly that that is pride. The devil speaks and he tells you you don't deserve full pardon. You don't deserve full pardon. You are a hypocrite. You are a sinner. You have done so many bad things. You are so bad. Mm -hmm. You don't God has forgiven you, but not completely. God, God does not forgive halfway. Now let me tell you something else. God, when he forgives you of your sin, he now even protects you from the after effects of that sin. <laughs> He protects you from the hand of the devourer. He protects you from your enemies. We find many people. They've done things. And now they, they've repented. And, and now someone tells them, if, 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 if you, you leave this, I'm going to do this to you. They begin blackmailing them. And then they begin fearing. Okay, I know God has forgiven me. But if I, 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 I don't if I don't do what this person is saying, I'm, I'm finished. You are not finished. As long as you sin, you've confessed and repented properly. God will fight for you. I actually believe and I'm convinced that this message is for someone or some people tonight. Walk stoop shouldered. I am not going to do what you are telling me to do. I am a child of God. I know you did this. No, I did not. I am who I am and I know who I am. 
You know the devil will speak to you. God wants you to prove how sorry you are. Because you know you caused it. You made it happen. Some of you even are guilty for things that have happened in other people's lives. And you are so guilty. Someone dies and you say I caused it to happen. Someone does something and say I caused it to happen. Someone backslides and say I caused it to happen. Let me tell you, you cause nothing to happen. Every human being is a free moral agent. And decisions they make, they are responsible for them. And if you have made a decision to serve God and to confess and repent of your sins, you are not responsible for them. You are not guilty. I am here to announce to you You are not guilty In the name of Jesus Christ You are not guilty You are not The devil will tell you you are not worthy of God's grace And therefore you must punish yourself Until you become better You know the devil The devil lives You know uh, to many people to think that by actually hanging on to their sins, they're being humble. And I want to say that is actually pride. Humility accepts pardon. Pardon it can never earn. And humility lives to demonstrate that gratefulness. But if you refuse to be forgiven, you are proud. Pride thinks God may have forgiven you, but your standard is, make, is, is higher than God's standard. Pride, your standard actually is higher than God. God forgave you, but you need to punish yourself a little more. What I did is so bad. What I did is so bad. Pride makes you feel uh, the sacrifice on the cross is sufficient to ah. cover people's sins but not yours. So we think we can actually help Jesus to pay for the sacrifice by punishing ourselves. You think you have to carry your shame until you decide a sacrifice has been fully paid. This is false guilt. Clinging to it suggests that the blood of Jesus is not enough. But I want to tell you tonight Amen When Jesus forgave you And he announced it by his word And he said you are justified You are justified That means justification nullifies guilt And let me even tell you He justified you before you were even born 
he even knew the things you were going to do he even knew the bad things you were going to be involved in and he forgave you before you even repented and he washed you before you even confessed and anybody that tells you you need to punish yourself you need to you know, go through this process they are a liar because when God forgives you one time he forgave you forever and that is false guilt. Eko. Don't let false guilt, false guilt hinder you from serving God. Praise the name of the Lord. I'll finish with this quote. Why is it that so many Christians find it so hard to live uh, the Christian life. And this is the reason why. Because of false guilt. And the prophet of God says, take away all guilt and condemnation. Take all the guilt away. And may from this very day. He says, may the Holy Spirit of love, joy, peace, and meekness, gentleness, and patience set into every heart here. Lord, as your servant, I intercede for this group with all my heart. I offer you this fruit of the sermon. This is the thing that I am presenting to you. As a gospel preacher, I give this to you, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ, that the spirit of love, of peace, of joy, and understanding, and meekness, and gentleness, will set into each heart. May the Holy Spirit melt down cold, touched indifference. May every root of bitterness be grabbed out by God's sharp grabbing hold. God take away all that kind of thing. And may He give you the fruit of the Spirit. Peace, love, joy, love, suffering. You are not guilty. You are justified. You are justified. And you need to be happy because of that. God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let us sing, My faith looks up to thee. The oh, thank you, Lord. I think we need to pray so we can close the Zoom. Saints, if wherever you are, if you've been having a feeling of guilt and burden in your heart and you can't serve God, you feel like there's a barricade, something blocking you from giving your all, I want to pray with you. Tonight. Lord Jesus, I'm praying for my brother, for my sister. Lord, whoever this message was intended for could be here on Zoom or on the internet land, Lord, wherever they are. Father, Lord, I pray that you will visit them with a peace that surpasses all understanding. May they know of your grace. May they know of your love and of your forgiveness. And may they know that you've eternally forgiven them. And may they serve you with all their hearts. May they not try to cover their guilt. Little, little things, Lord. But may they confess to you. 
with all their heart. And may you receive them, Lord. And from today, henceforth, they will serve you with all their hearts. Grant it, Lord. Grant it, Lord. Grant it, Lord. Grant it, Lord. Grant it, Lord.